Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to Believe in Softball. I'm your host, Jenna Becerra. Can you believe it's the end of April? Just like, where did the time go? I feel like it's going by a lot faster this year because we have softball season compared to 2020. And it means we're close to mayhem, which is crazy. But I think college postseason this year is going to be epic. I can't wait. And of course, we'll have you covered here on the show as always. So reminders for ways to keep up. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Believe in Softball. That's B-L-E-A-V. Subscribe to Believe in Softball on YouTube and actually watch the episodes as well. All right, so with that, let's go through today's order. First, we'll cover our bases, as always, news and updates that I'll share with you. Then we'll head into today's interview with AJ Andrews. She's a pro athlete and so much more. When I think of get you a girl who can do both, I think of her. So I'm excited for you to hear her. And we'll end things with the foul tip of the week, our new segment this season where we share tips to help us get better. All right, let's go. Covering our bases. There are so many exciting things happening in the world of sports. We got the NFL draft this week, had the NCAA women's volleyball final recently, and of course, softball and baseball. But when it comes to sports, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all the action. They have you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember, BetOnline, guys, your online sportsbook experts. With college softball, some highlights that I want to share. Just some wholesome content. Why don't we start there? So after UT's Mackenzie Parker hit a home run against Kansas, her dog, Bo, actually went and retrieved the ball out in the outfield past the fence. Adorable. Had to start there. But then if you look at the big picture across the country, there are three non-Power 5 teams in the top 25 coaches poll right now. you got Louisiana from the Sun Belt, James Madison out of the CAA, and UCF from the AAC. In the first episode of the show this season, for context, I mentioned opening weekend and the preseason polls. And there was only one non-Power 5 team at that time, which was UCF. So congrats to them for staying there, but also congrats to more teams being able to break through that barrier and make the rankings. I love it. Growth, people. That's what it's about. And then I wanted to highlight the upset of the week. There's upsets all the time in college softball, as we know, but I like this one. Wichita State beat number 11 Oklahoma State, not once, but it was actually the second time this season that they were able to do that. So I love a good upset, but doing it twice is extra nice. But then when I take a step back also from the game in general, I'm noticing some shifts in collegiate softball. The first is kind of around the length of games. Really, that's sort of the theme, actually. More offensive output, like we're seeing, like we've seen over these last years, more long ball, all that stuff. It means it takes longer to get outs for the defense. So more games are taking longer, and they're passing that two-hour mark that we're used to. So a lot of games are running over on TV, which is interesting. But I also think what contributes to that is the number of changes we're seeing coaches make. And that has to do with the depth 
that these expanded rosters have after the COVID eligibility grant, giving coaches more options. So the thing about that, though, is that they use them. Defensive changes inning to inning, more pinch hitters, even for some of the middle of the order hitters that you wouldn't necessarily think that they would be pinch hit for. We're seeing more and more of that. And then on top of that, I've noticed more meetings as well. I feel like I've seen coaches calling timeout and talking to pitchers in the circle, maybe even catchers bring the infield into way more than before. And it could be to break up some of that momentum from the increased offensive output we said we're seeing or to get aligned after making a ton of those changes. But regardless of the reason, I think there's probably multiple. It's just happening more and more. So all of that just to say that it's interesting how factors beyond just actually playing softball end up affecting the game itself. It just keeps you on your toes. And that brings me to international softball. The Olympic teams that we're, we're going to see in Tokyo have actually been facing off now, early, beforehand. So Canada swept Italy in a four-game series for the Olympic warm-ups. Italy's also played USA recently, so they're definitely getting reps in. Yes, there are international rankings. Yes, there's historic performance between these countries. But I really, really think that this Olympics is going to be more mental than ever. And for a few reasons. The first is, like we said, they're facing each other multiple times. I mean, we've talked about this with college teams facing conference rivals more than usual this year, right? But you just get to know each other so well that it becomes about the adjustments. It's already a game of adjustments but just even more so. And really, I think it's about simplifying. You can't dwell on your history with your opponents too much. Like, oh, she got me out on that pitch last time. I'm going to worry about it this time. No, like you really have to be present. Then there's also the long wait that they've had to deal with, these athletes with the postponement. It's just been a roller coaster. With rumors of cancellation last year during the height of the pandemic and the beginning of it to the postponement to this year, to rumors of cancellation again earlier this year. And the pandemic still also exists, right? So there's also factors there. But I'm excited that the games are still on as of right now, but it's hard to feel comfortable or relaxed when change has been just so constant. But I also think that means that the environment has constantly been changing. So there's just this lack of consistency for players too. The players on the teams are scattered between the national team tours that they're doing for prep. The Japan Pro League has some Olympic players in it. College softball, obviously. The environment does matter. So the better and more stable that the environment is, the better position anyone is in to be successful. But don't get me wrong. They can do this. Like in some ways, this is going to make them stronger, right? I just think it's important to recognize how unique and challenging what they're going through is and how deep they have to dig internally. Because like I said, all these players are incredibly capable. That's why they're Olympians. But I really think it's going to come down to who's got it mentally. Like I did an interview recently with Chelsea Spencer, who's the head coach at Cal. This was before a Pac-12 Networks broadcast that I was calling. And she said something that has stuck with me since. She said, it's not the best team who wins. It's the team that plays the best on that day. And I think that just could not be more true for Tokyo. It's just so mental and everything is really. But someone who has a great mentality and is willing to share it, which is so refreshing, is today's guest. So let's head into the interview. She's a standout pro softball player, 
first ever female Rawlings Gold Glove winner, LSU softball All-American, and TV host, AJ Andrews. AJ, we made it. We got here. I'm so excited to have you. I know. So good to be here. And the schedule's finally aligned. I was finally able to look at my phone efficiently. Sorry about all that. So yes, excited to be here. Oh, don't even worry. Honestly, like the whole like DMing people thing has been new to me ever since starting the the podcast. Like it's not really like my style to like slide in the DMs, you know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah. it's like we're always all on Instagram. So there you go. Right. Thank you for responding. <laughs> of course. But actually speaking of your Instagram, one thing I didn't mention in your intro, but it is in your Instagram bio, is that you're listed as the Beyonce of softball. Mm-hmm. Please tell me more because I think there's a backstory here, isn't there? Yeah, there is. So I went on the Tom Joyner morning show uh, a couple years back, and one of the hosts, her introduction to me was the Beyonce of softball. And so and, you know, Tom Joyner morning show is a big, big show that's been on for a, a long time. I remember growing up listening to it. So I was really excited to be on it. And the fact that I was being called that by a show that I've been listening my entire life in the car with like my parents going to school and stuff like that. You know, for me, it was really cool. But yeah, she just described me. She like gave all this list of things I've done, what you've seen, and how I things I've been doing. And she's just like the Beyonce of softball. And I was like, oh, done, done. Thank you for that. <laughs> and so um, yeah, and then it just kind of went from there. That's amazing. Well, clearly, I just got my butt kicked by another host in terms of your intro. So there's that. <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, it was like, it really was super fitting. And it was so fun because she was basically describing like the way that I play and how I just put on a performance. And I was like, this is actually exactly who I am. The Beyonce of softball. Like you literally just identified me better than I could have identified myself. So thank you. Right. So this is just, it was new. It was perfect. And now, you know, now you can, we can close with the Beyonce of softball if you want. <laughs> perfect perfect and well honestly yes, like for like the last right isn't like the the last event and concerts the big the major deal so we could just like close with that exactly you're right you're right <laughs> well because that's the funny thing is I always look at people's Instagram bios because I'm always so curious like wh- how people do it you know some people like list their entire resume right or like here's everywhere I've ever lived before. Here's like a quote or just all emojis or like whatever. And like right at the top of yours is Beyonce a softball. And I was like, this is so accurate. (laughs) Like, I feel like this is amazing. And the fact that like you owned it, like, and you're like, yep. Like, I love that. So that's the thing I wanted to, to get at, which is, I feel like what I see, at least on social media, I'm glad to get to know you like face to face kind of in a virtual setting. But it's like you're diving in the grass, but then I see like you, your outfits are on point. And I think I even saw something that you wrote or like some content that you put together where you're like, I'm beautiful. Like I admit it, I'm beautiful, right? And I love the fact that you just like own it and steer into it and are not shying away from it because I feel like as women, we do that too much. Yeah, no, 100%. That is my entire goal is to make women feel confident about being confident. You know, I think that too often 
we, especially society, right, we're told we're supposed to look a certain way, act a certain way, and men get to be these confident, just very powerful beings, but women, we are told to be meek or to be subtle, and there's absolutely nothing subtle about me. And you know that for women, we're, all of us have something about us that someone else does not have, cannot do, cannot threat. Like there's something about each individual person that is unique, that is spectacular, that you should shine on. And I think that all of us should celebrate ourselves. I think we should love ourselves and love ourselves loudly. And so many people feel insecure about that or they they feel good, but they don't want to put out like, I look good today. And it's like, girl, yes, you do. You look amazing. And so, you know, I think that when you are an individual that is living in their truth, being authentically yourself, unapologetically yourself, you inherently give someone else the confidence to do the same. And so for me, I think it's so important for young women to love themselves, celebrate themselves. If you think that you are the Rihanna of softball, baby, let it be known, right? There's only one Beyonce of softball. So, you know, <laughs> we're gonna keep, we got to keep it there. But, you know, I think that to my point, though, whatever it is that you are, you feel, you are declaring, do it loud, do it proud, and say it with your whole chest. And, you know, there's so many people that gravitate towards just people being their true self. You know, I think what's so interesting about when people try to imitate other individuals or they're trying to become different things, you know, what you are trying to imitate is authenticity, which is, you know, it's the, that's the irony of it. So be you 100% and love it because so many people love it, love it more than even you realize. And so you stepping into your truth and you shining that light that we all have inside of us, you know, it's going to give someone else the confidence to do the same. Wow. Mm, that's it right there. I love it. Um, and I, that's a great point too. Like you can't imitate authenticity. I mean, you can be yourself, like that's how you can emulate whatever it is you're seeing, but not, you can't copy somebody and think that that's authentic. You know, like you can copy yeah. their confidence maybe like how much confidence they have. That's great. But yeah, I love the way that you just put that. Yeah. I think everyone should aim for people to be guides, not goals. Right. Mm. So you see someone be confident, like that is your guide to how you're going to become a more confident you. Right. But the goal isn't to become confident so and so or whoever it is you're looking to, you know, for that inspiration. And so if you can allow individuals in your life in every aspect, whether it's confidence, whether it's school, work, sports, to be your guides, because when you try to aim to be people, you're actually putting a cap on who you are, your authenticity. And potentially the ability to go far above and beyond what it is that you're already inspiring. I think some people are laying down the pavement to allow you to walk, right? So when I'm giving you, I'm laying these things down so that you can walk. Maybe I stopped here, but the reason why I kept paving the road was so that you could keep going. You know what I mean? I think that that's what so many people who are, who opt or who are, whose goals is to be inspirational or motivational. That's the thing, right? I'm doing these things so that you have a better future so that you can keep moving. So yes, allow people to be guides, not goals. And that is how you can truly walk in your authenticity and become the best you, which in all realness sometimes is better, not maybe not better, but you, we all have something that somebody else doesn't have. And so when we step into that, we can go far beyond what some things that we think are maybe even the, the standard. That's amazing. Guides, not goals, because it's, it's true. 
It's true. I think we get caught up into some of these like trendy things to say, like everyone's like, oh, hashtag goals, but you should have your own goals. Right. So like I, I, the way that you've kind of articulated this and laid this out is awesome and it's resonating with me. So I'm sure it's going to resonate with everyone else that it already is because I feel like I always see for you, like the content that you're putting out into the world, because not only are you a softball player, obviously you're in media hosting all of this kind of content creation world that we live in now. It's purpose-driven content though. Like I feel like I always see you sharing like words of encouragement or highlighting people's stories or teaching something, whether it's like softball, your workouts, here's how to make a healthy smoothie, like whatever it is. Like I feel like it's always value, you know, some people just post selfies and they're like, great. Yeah. I'm just throwing this out there. And like, it's great if you celebrate that you're beautiful and all those things like we've discussed, but your content seems to have that value behind it. And I'm, I'm assuming, and as I'm starting to get to know you, it's like, that is no accident. Yeah, no, definitely no accident. You know, I do have a lot of bomb pictures that I'm waiting to just kind of like put out into the world for everyone to just love. But, you know, I think honestly, what it is, if I'm thinking, when I think if I do things, everything I do is very purposeful because I'm thinking what it is that I would want to know, what it is that I want to see. I do want to see my idol in a bomb outfit saying, oh, I look good, right? Because I want to feel like I could do that too. But I also want to know how it is that you became the athlete you are, how it is you develop the mentality that you have, how it is that you overcome adversity, failure, how it is that you stay healthy, right? I mean, a lot that goes into your healthy mind and body is what you put into your body, the food. So putting out the foods that I eat. And so, you know, a lot of that goes into the individual that I want to uplift, what it is that I've done to help uplift myself, right? Everyone is, there's there's so many things that you can learn from so many different people. And I, the best people are continuously learning. Like there's never a moment in life where you feel like you should know it all. And, you know, I think that if I can be one of those people, whether you are an athlete or just someone that needs words of encouragement or someone that just needs some style inspo, be like a personal Pinterest, you know, that's, that's my goal. But yeah, it's all, while I do have a lot of really cute pics to post for me, you know, Instagram is more than just putting stuff out like that. I want people to feel something when you come to my page or at least take away something too. Absolutely. And that's, making me think of you appearing in the ESPN body issue also. And that issue in general is so much more than just here's these cool pics and we're all naked. Like, like that's not the point right behind them. And I feel like you have sort of brought all that together. Like that issue is really symbolic to me. It's like all of these points that you're making is kind of embodied in that shoot. So when you were able to actually do that, what was going through your mind? Like what, what were you hopeful about that was going to come out of that experience? For me, it was extremely liberating because prior to doing the body issue, like growing up, I had always been extremely self-conscious about my muscles and about my arms. I had been told time and time again that, you know, you look manly or your arms are just too muscular, too bulky, X, Y, Z. And I'm someone that is just naturally cut. Right. So I don't I won't lift if I could just not lift a weight in my life, I'm still going to have definition in my arms. And, you know, I feel like it wasn't until college, my freshman year, where I'm, I have to lift weights. Right. Where I kind of had to have a conversation with myself of AJ, do you want to 
go by the word of individuals that are doing absolutely nothing for you? Or do you want to be all American, sis? Like, well, we got to figure this out because we want to be all American. We got to lift some weights. And so, you know, it really was that moment where I had that conversation with myself where I decided I was never going to let someone that wasn't doing something for me. I call it the three P's. If you're not bringing me peace, prosperity or paper, then you honestly have no business being involved in my thought process. And so from that moment, right, I began to get comfortable and love my muscles because of what it was giving me. And it was giving me the opportunity to excel on the field, giving me opportunity to perform at levels that most people in the world can't do at the collegiate level. And so I began to fall in love with the process, fall in love with what my muscles were doing and the beauty of it. And I began to actually want to get more muscular. I think it's incredible my mindset now. I, I feel awful when I don't work out now, right? I don't like when my legs don't look as defined as maybe they used to. Like I love my muscles now and want more in comparison in high school when I was so worried and didn't want to lift a single weight. And, you know, I think that that transformation of my mindset and the process that I had to get to it, it was so liberating to be asked to be in the body issue because it was truly an opportunity to showcase how proud I was of my body. And it was the first time a softball player had been in the body issue for 10 years at that point. And so it was another opportunity to allow people to know that softball is live and well, professional softball. And this is how amazing. And But the thing is about softball bodies, we come in so many different shapes, sizes, and whatever you think a softball player is supposed to look like, there is no standard to that. I am just one of many. But what I want you to know about this one particular body type is that she is muscular. She's proud of it. My my back is very, very strong from all the swings and all the lifts. My legs are very strong from all the power and explosive drills. And, you know, I think that for me, being in the body issue, and as you said, you know, people talk about being naked or whatnot, which, you know, whatever. And they're like, I was there all day. You know, I got kind of got to the point where I was like, here we go, next thing. The only person that even saw me was the woman that was directing everything and the photographer. So there were a lot of people on set, but anytime we had a break, the robe was on, right? But, you know, I think that for me, the body issue was truly just something that was liberating and allowed so many people to feel comfortable in their muscles. Because I know for a fact, I'm not the only one that was conflicted about lifting weights or about their right arm being bigger than their left or, you know what I mean? All the the different things that we have in softball because we are dominant on one side over the other one. And so, you know, I think for me, it was a really great opportunity for me to feel more confident with me, but also to help other individuals feel more confident with themselves, which is genuinely what I strive to do. (laughs) So well, that's, that's how it is too, right? Like you have to fill your own cup too, to be able to pour into other people. So mm-hmm. if this is serving you, like you said, I love your three P's, by the way, probably going to steal that. Probably going to steal like a lot of these just like truth bombs that you're dropping on me today, just FYI. But you know, yes, like I love that, that it's, it's for you, but it's for the world also. And I feel like there's an element here too, where it's almost like hater blocking too, right? It's like, but sometimes maybe you're your own hater and you have to get out of your own way. And I love that that's something that you've, I don't know, been able to do and be an example of. Like, I feel like sometimes we can all say things like that sound good, but to actually go out and do it and to see somebody doing it is an entirely different thing. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. I think representation in any 
facet is huge. And yeah, to your point, we can all be our biggest haters. I am my number one critic. And like, there's nothing you can tell me that I haven't already told myself. There's something you can consider that I haven't already considered prior. So I think that for me, you know, getting to a place where when you are, your mind becomes, tries to become your enemy or tries to talk to you too much, you have to talk to yourself more than you listen to yourself. Because when you speak to yourself those positive words of affirmation or you speak to yourself what it is that you are achieving, when you speak to yourself how far you've come rather than thinking about how far you still have to go, right? that is when you continue to move forward positively and don't allow negativity to sink in. Um, and yeah, you know, I think between our two ears can sometimes be the worst of it. And, you know, it's so funny when I criticize myself, people are like, AJ, I'm like thinking, I'm like, I really think I could have caught that ball. And I'm beating myself up over it the entire day. And then there are people who show me video that like, there's actually no way you could have caught this ball unless you physically soared through the air. I was like, okay, but I really think I could have soared through the air. Like, that's how my mind works. You know what I mean? And so... It's so interesting where I'm talking to myself when I'm learning. And it's kind of like, all right, AJ, well, if you want to soar through the air, then we're going to have to take these number of steps next time before we go, right? I'm, I'm talking to myself more than I'm listening because the feedback that we give ourselves mentally, we have no control over our mind. And there are a lot of studies behind this, but our mind, I mean, think about it. Like you could be laying down, get ready to sleep and an embarrassing memory from the fifth grade will all of a sudden randomly pop up. Like where did that, for what? You know what I mean? Like we have no control over our mind. So speak to yourself more than you listen to yourself. So important. That's so true. Like we have to take control. We all talk to ourselves. We all have conversations with ourselves literally all day long, especially in the shower. You know, you have like those arguments like that if they ever happened, like you're ready now because you like you worked it out in the shower. Right. And it's like to take control of the conversation, though, that we're going to have because you're going to have it no matter what. Like you said, like your mind races, you do all these things, but taking control of it and owning it. It's so true. You nailed it. Yes. And know that you're not your thoughts. You are not your thoughts. So just keep moving forward. Totally. But here's the thing. You do kind of soar through the air. So like, I kind of get it. I know. I'm saying like, I feel like there's some times where I'm like, bro, you really could have just, you needed to stay airborne like a couple more seconds. Right. Where it's like, (laughs) there's no, you know, things that just seem impossible. My mind's like, we could have done it age. We could have done it. I talked to myself like that. We could have done it AJ. And so, um, and then I figure out how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that you, you have to think that though. Like to to do something that's never been done, you have to think that you can't, that it's possible, you know? Oh yeah. So there's no such thing as impossible, in my opinion. I think that that is that's a word that scared people throw around to try to discourage the people that they know could potentially make the impossible happen or make the yeah, make the possible happen. So yeah, I don't believe in impossible at all. Yeah. I actually saw once, this was like years ago, but I think someone said there's no such thing as impossible. The word itself is actually I'm possible. Yeah. You know, and I was like, yep, that's so true. I love One that. of those like quote, you know, social media quotes mm-hmm. that I found that I was like, I actually like this. <laughs> love that. Back in the Tumblr days. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> you get me. You get me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man wow throwback i know huh? <laughs> some people have no idea what that is probably probably not but- i saw the other day on tiktok someone had freaking 
romanticized and made um, the year 2011 in high school, like they made it nostalgic. I'm like, oh my God, that's when I graduated. This is now becoming like nostalgia. 2011? Oh my God, I saw that. Like they do like the 90s and then someone did like 2000s, 2011. What? Oh my God. Anyway. I was in, I was still playing in college at, in 2011. So that's great. That's a hit to my, my confidence right there, but that's fine. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, I, it's wild how fast time has flown. Like just oh, yeah. thinking back. I don't know. Yeah. I still think 10 years ago was 2000. So, I know. and then also 2010 was also 10 years ago. Like it's both, it just doesn't make no, it doesn't make any sense. Just think that like 2000 was 21 years ago. That see, that isn't that that will never actually sit right with me. It won't. I, I completely agree. And what gets me is like when the like now CDs come out. It's like now like 508, and you're like, what? Oh I remember God. like now like 14, Six, you know? Seven. Yeah, I was like, I remember literally like yeah. Now I think I actually have like a now 14 still somewhere in my house. Not even gonna <laughs> lie. That's wild. That's so crazy. Oh my God. Oh, but anyway, fast forward to now, I guess. It is pretty much like deja vu seeing Air Andrews in center field in the outfield for LSU now with your sister too. Like that's that's freaking awesome. How did the Tigers manage to snag more than one of you is what I want to know. Yeah, I actually I don't really know how that process went. I know I was I was in college when Aaliyah was being recruited. She was recruited by a few a couple SEC teams and then also by UCLA, if I'm thinking correctly. And so, you know, I think that Aaliyah just had been, I mean, LSU has been her home away from home for four years before she got there coming to watch me play. And so, you know, I think that it just was the perfect fit. She was very, very similar in the way that we play. Definitely in the outfield, right? Neither one of us afraid to go for that ball. So I think that Coach Sharina just wasn't ready to get rid of an Andrews in the outfield just yet. So that's how it happened. And I'm so glad that it did happen because I think that, you know, I think everything happens for a reason. And Aaliyah is truly, she is her own amazing person and athlete. And, you know, you're coming into LSU, I think she's at, you know, you think to yourself when like your older sister has had a lot of success at a school, even when she did come in, people called her baby J, like baby AJ for a little bit. But now it's it's Aaliyah, you know, now it's Aaliyah Andrews. Like she has her own name. She has she has solidified Aaliyah Andrews at LSU, not AJ Andrews' sister. And, you know, I think that that was honestly all that I wanted. And I am so proud of her. And, yeah, it's amazing to see see another center fielder gliding through their last name, Andrews. People still tag me and stuff. I'm like, AJ, you look great. I'm like, I graduated five years ago. Think so. It's <laughs> like it's my sister. She looks awesome. I know, but yeah, I think it's it's so crazy to see. They did uh, LSU did a I don't know what it's called, but the pictures like back and forth of like our diving, my diving catches, and Aaliyah's diving catches, and it's it's just really cool to see. And I'm so happy for her. It's super cool to see. And yeah, why would you not have an Andrews in the outfield if you can? Like. I'm, I'm with the coaching staff here. <laughs> like, come on. What is she gonna do? Nine out of ten years, Coach Trina has been a coach at LSU. There's been an Andrews in the outfield, so I don't even know what she's. I don't know how she's gonna cope next year. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> nine out of the ten years, 
you've been a coach at that institution. I was there for her very first year at LSU. And, you know, I think it's, I think it's going to be wild. It's going to be a big transition for all of us, honestly. Oh, absolutely. But I, I love how supportive you are of your sister. Do you, did you ever have moments when you guys were growing up where you were competitive? No, people ask that a lot. We're just, our age different is just too big to be competitive. You know what I mean? Like we never yeah. played with each other. We are four years apart, but five years in school. So we would never compete with each other or against each other. So for me, it was just always being that big sister, big supporter, number one fan. Yeah, never a moment. I, you know, I do think that my sisters don't, <laughs> I was always someone that really pushed my sisters. So I think that when it comes to, you know, and, you know, family, if you have siblings, you know, sometimes your siblings want to come to you like last for things. So, and I think that it came down to just, they are so, my youngest sister too, they are just both, they've learned so much and they have been able to kind of see what I've done, but then make it their own. And I'm just so, yeah, it's been really cool to see, especially I literally watched them grow up. So it's been amazing. Of course. When you mentioned the guides versus goals thing too, I actually thought of your sisters, especially Aaliyah. So are you, would you consider yourself a guide to her versus goals? Even though, yes, you guys are very similar, right? But you talked about how she's coming into her own and she's established her own legacy and all of that stuff. So I feel like you guys are actually a really good example of that. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I think that's definitely a question you got to ask her. For sure. You know, but I think that, um, yeah, I think I remember even when she was little, you know, like I would do, I used to like always do these different things on the face paths and like say if I was on third base and the catcher was like faking a throw, I'd, like jump at them, like dare them to throw. And I remember vividly a time when Aaliyah did that too, right? You know, you just kind of mirror the different things that you've seen your big sister or whoever it is that you are looking to play. And so I do think that, you know, being able to see someone be fearless on the on the field it just it's going to inherently kind of get into you right it's like if i want to do that i think it's so cool that that's happening and i want to be able to do that and so i think that knowing that nothing has happened or i don't say nothing that has happened but i would say being able to watch me particularly i think it's kind of like you see what's possible now can i break through that right now can i do more and she has, like, she has a freaking, the stolen, I don't know where I got scooted back last year or two years ago, the stolen bases record. I think I was third. Now I'm probably fourth now. You know what I mean? Like she's, she's breaking all of those things and all of her amazing catches. Like she's just, she is someone that is, when we talk about guides, not goals. If I was a guide for her, she truly, my thought process of why you make someone a guide she is the example because you never know how much further you can go than that person, right? If you make them just your guide, not their goal. And she is killing the game. So proud. She absolutely is. And I feel like if there's ever some sort of equivalent of like space jam for softball, you guys are like, must-haves in this movie. Yeah, I think so, too. And freaking um, Jordan Brand needs to freaking sign us. I don't know what's going on, but it's fine. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Well, this this is one more step towards that that marketing campaign to get that, to get that done. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Have you guys ever raced? No, people ask that, too. I think we're never going to do that, to be yeah. honest with you. 
No, we're going to leave everyone guessing because if, you know, when we race, we find out who wins and it's, but it's just not settling for either of us, I don't think. So I don't think we're ever going to race. Maybe like 10 years from now, 20 years from now, we're both done playing and have kids and something. And we're like, ah, yeah, we'll race. But yeah, nope. We're going to leave the whole world, even ourselves, guessing on who's faster. I love it. I love it. Well, if you're the Beyonce, I'm curious who Aaliyah would consider herself to be. We'll have to get her on the show and ask her. She's Air Aaliyah. She don't even need she doesn't even need that. Mm, I love that. Freaking she's doing it. <laughs> well, regardless of which one of you's in the outfield, it's clearly a no fly zone. That is something that yes. is very established. And I love that you have your like little no fly zone academy like breakdowns and stuff that you share too on social media. But if you had to break it down, I mean, obviously there's a lot of aspects to it, but what are the biggest things that make a good outfielder? I think the biggest things that make a good outfielder is being able to adjust well. And when I say adjust well, I mean adjust well, like pitch by pitch, ball by ball. And I think also being able to really read the ball well. When it, I mean, there's definitely different facets. So if we're talking about making – catches right and making the hard catches it's going to come down to your perception of where the ball will be not where it is so you have to identify from practice from previous games whatever it is that ball is going to land here right and then you have to have that perception that timing in order to know when to reach for you always want to try to catch the ball at the slowest point, if you can, or if you know if it's over your head, you want to get your glove to where it's going to be instead of trying to reach like really high where it already is. And so, you know, I think it just comes down to your ability to adjust pitch by pitch, your ability to adjust on those balls because you're not going to catch everything, right? But what is it that you can learn from that so that you won't miss it again, right? There's many balls that I haven't caught. There's balls that Aaliyah hasn't caught. Right. But the fact is, is that you remember the ones she does catch because she never is going to miss that same ball twice. Right. You talk about a good hitter. What makes a good hitter? They're not going to get out the same way twice. A good outfielder is not going to miss the same ball twice. You know what I mean? Like you make those adjustments quick and you're able to see what it is that you're going to do. And when it comes to just knowing the field, right, you just have to have a really good feel and a lot of that comes just with practice right but that confidence like when I talk about when I talk to kids in the outfield I tell them know that you are the Beyonce of the outfield you're the Beyonce of the field period right who runs the world girls yes but outfielders right we see the entire field we get to dominate I don't care what you think or how you feel you run this show and you let it be known. You have to have that confidence. If you want, if you see someone's calling two, but you feel three, go three. Like this isn't, I feel like so many times things happen and we're like concerned. Like, oh, but they call it two. It's like, I don't care what was called. What did you think should happen, right? Knowing the field, knowing how to command the field. People say that, you know, about pitchers. They need to command the circle, right? Outfielders, we need to command the entire field. And so um, I think that that's what makes a great outfielder, being able to adjust and knowing how to command. Um, and you don't, you know, I'm not going to say being able to throw out a runner here, do all, yeah, all that's great. But if you can command the field and you know where things need to be at what certain time, those things happen. Um, and so, yeah, adjustability and command. 
I think that lays it out really well. Because for me, outfielders don't get enough love for the art that goes into it, in my opinion. Like, there are so many little things, like the way you move your feet, the way you extend to catch a ball, like all these mechanical things. But to your point, those things really happen when you have that command, when you're able to adjust well, when you're able to do all these things that you're saying. And I, I think it's very true that some of what you mentioned is is more mental, too, than physical, which feels feels accurate. Oh, yeah. I mean, you think about it, though. Like, softball is such a mental game. Like, you can be the best catcher in the world. You can be someone that makes all these amazing catches, but you miss one ball, and now you're second-guessing yourself. And it just it just calms. Like, it's not a, you don't even want to second-guess yourself. It's just like, okay, now you're getting nervous for the next ball. It's going to get hit. And, you know, it just comes down to how switch how can you switch that back to being in command? How can you switch that into knowing that was some random person that just made that mistake? That wasn't AJ Andrews on the field. AJ Andrews is now showing up. Here we go. New inning, new whatever, new pitch. And, you know, I think that, yeah, to your point, outfitters don't get enough love. People, I feel like when I, nothing aggravates me a little bit more than when people just like throw people in the outfield and it's like, okay. You got it. It's like, no, this isn't an easy thing to do. You don't get to, like, yeah, someone you can catch pop flies, sure. But, I mean, if you hit a ball right to me on the ground, I can be a good infielder too. Like this, But I'm not going to be able to be as skilled as someone that's been working for years and knowing how to make those short hops or knowing how to have my body in the correct way, firing it off, throwing on the run. I can get it done, but will it look good? Will it be as efficient? Will it actually maybe make the play? Maybe not. I don't know. It's up in the air. And I think that it's the same thing with outfield. Being able to read the balls is 100% a skill. And it's not something you can just throw someone in the outfield and they do it correctly. It's not going to happen. Being able to read the ball correctly, being able to that adjustability to be able to make those catches, making diving catches, right? There's there's a buildup to that. Not everyone can just go out and make a diving catch. And so, yeah, I agree with you. Soft outfield is a skill set. I don't know the people that think you can just throw people in the outfield. Some people will excel because they're just athletes. But for the most part, no, it is an art form. You have to learn it and you have to practice it. And to be very, very good at it, you have to practice it a lot. So let that be known. Audis, we work hard. We're the bomb.com. And you don't just get to throw people out there and think they're going to be good because we got to work at that. We work to be good. Just want to let that be known. I thank you. Like, and you're the perfect person to do it because I totally agree. Like people just throw people there. People just stick people at first base. That's I, I was mainly an infielder and that was, that's my kind of pet peeve because I played more first base later on. And it's like, there's a lot that goes into that too, that people don't realize. Right. But I felt that oh, with yeah. outfielders too. And I, I did, I remember freshman year, I mostly played infield, like I said, but I did get some reps and do a little bit in the outfield and it's different. It's not like everything was just, Oh, whatever. This is so easy. There were certain things that I had to like learn. And if people don't realize too, sometimes the balls hit like right at you or like aligned right with you are the hardest ones to read because you have to like understand like depth perception and all that stuff. And it's like, you wouldn't know that unless you actually experienced it or started to learn the craft of outfield. Oh yeah. And everyone is different. Like left field does not look the same as right field. Center field does not look the same as left or right, right? These are all very di- – the ball spins different from left field than it does from right field. Like, it's just – it really is very different. And so I agree with you. I don't – I first made the corners, the hot corners, those are some hard 
things to do. I don't even see the thought of just like sticking people places. It just, I can't, I can't because it's a skill. Everything is something that someone has had to spend a lot of time to learn. And I think we should all respect that. I completely agree. Oh, I'm so glad. This, this makes me happy. (laughs) But then when you look at sort of tangible evidence of success that you've had in the outfield too, your gold glove. I mean, obviously got to talk about it. I see everything in the background too, like some of your awards and things that you've gotten here. But with the gold glove. No, yeah, those aren't even all mine. (laughs) This is, I'm at my home in Florida. So like at my house, in my apartment, I have more of my stuff. This is literally all freaking Aaliyah stuff. Let that be known right now. This is all Aaliyah's. Like these, the cute ones are Aaliyah's. This middle one, oh, it's Aaliyah's too. Okay, never mind. I thought the middle one was mine. Anyway, <laughs> carry on. <laughs> oh my gosh. For anyone who's li- who's listening and not watching on YouTube, they're all like SEC trophies, like NCAA yeah. trophies. Like it's awesome. It's amazing. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, you still have plenty of your own too. Like we know, yeah. we know this. I'm glad I got to see Aaliyah's, but we know that you have it too. But with the gold glove, it feels a little bit extra special just with, with all the work that you've put in. Like we just said, all that's gone into you being the outfielder and player that you are. What was the feeling emotionally when you became not only the gold glove winner at the time, but the first woman to do it? Yeah, for me, you know, I think that it was an amazing opportunity and feeling of a barrier being broken and a feeling of more opportunities being put to the table. Because, you know, prior to 2016, it wasn't something that a young athlete, a less young woman would be able to be like, oh, I want to be a gold glover one day. Right. And for me, it was exciting to know that now young girls were able to have bigger dreams, were able to dream bigger and demand more about what it is that they wanted and to not feel like there was just one more thing that they couldn't do because they're a girl or one more thing they couldn't achieve because they're a woman. And, you know, I think for me, being able to be that person that broke that down that barrier, that made history and allowed so many girls to feel like they can do the same. I think when you break a barrier or you make history, you are knocking down a door. And when you knock down that door, all these women, whether it's softball or other sports, are able to walk through and they see these other doors that are locked shut. And now they decide which one that they want to knock down, right? But had that first door not been knocking down, we wouldn't be able to see the other doors. And that's what I think happens with women in sports. Because when one win, this, you know, saying when one of us win, we all win. It's true. When one person is demanding this respect, this attention, this media coverage, X, Y, Z, it is forcing other individuals in other sports to do the same. When one person makes history in this sport, it is now crossing over to say, I can do this in this sport, or why hasn't this been done here? Or why hasn't there been a woman in this, right? It just, it drives so much conversation and drives so much change. And I was, the feeling for me was overwhelming. I was very emotional when I they called out my name to win because I knew that, yes, of course I wanted to win, but it was more of a feeling like, gosh, this feels like a win for everyone. This feels like a win for women in sports. This feels like a win for the young girls that I've encountered, that I've coached, that I've taught. And I can go back, you know, when they're talking to me about things that they want to do, I can say, so you're going to be a gold glover, right? This is something that is tangible now. And before it wasn't. And, you know, I remember doing my my master's thesis and I had a conversation, went to the softball field 
baseball field. And um, I asked these young baseball players, what is it they wanted to be when they grew up, right? All of them said baseball coach, baseball player. And then I asked the young girls the same exact question, what they want to be when they grow up. I didn't put any anything other than what do you want to be when you grow up? And all of them said, except for one, all of them said something like a teacher, doctor, nurse, whatever. One girl said, I wanted to be a professional softball player, but I don't think that that's possible. Those were her exact words to me. And I asked her why she didn't think it was possible. And she said, I just, I don't know. I just don't see it. All of those young boys wanted to be major league baseball players or coaches because they saw it. They get to watch it. They know that it's true. They know it's real. They know it's something that can happen. Young girls don't aren't a lot of those same opportunities because they don't see it happening. And so my hope and my dream was seeing someone win a gold glove was now going to change the way that a young girl perceived herself, her goals, and really the cap on her success can now be broken wide open to, yeah, I can be a pro and I can also win a gold glove. And, you know, that for me, that's, that's the feeling that that gave me. And, um, you know, I hope that I can go back to that same field one day, ask those questions, and I hope the, ch- the, the answers change. Yes, that's exactly right. I mean, I remember talking with Natasha Watley and her inspiration, for example, to start her foundation was because she was doing an event with a bunch of young girls and somebody asked her, what is softball? And she was like, what? (laughs) How do you not know what softball is? Right. So then that's her inspiration to go do that. But I think what's cool for both her and you is that this recognition that you're getting like when I asked the question, even like, what, how'd you feel about it? All these things. It's not like, well, I worked so hard for it, which is all true, right? Like I worked hard for it. I, I did this and this over all these years. It was so nice to have my <laughs> accomplishments recognized. It's no, it's automatically what it does for young girls, other women, society, like all, it's always the bigger picture. And I do think women also kind of naturally, we, we go there mentally and think about the bigger picture because that's what we're trying to change. You know, like our day to day is to keep breaking these barriers. And that is such a theme in your life. Like I remember even seeing, I think Athletes Unlimited did a little, a little story, like illustration of you in high school where like there were no freshmen that had ever started before on, on your really successful high school team. And you're like, okay, watch me. Right. And I feel like it starts there, but then look at, then it builds all the way up to the gold glove, right? And it's like, that's the point. We have to instill that sort of mentality early on. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think having that mentality of kind of like, so what? Or, I mean, I call it almost like the LOL bet mentality, right? It's kind of like, you doubt me. It's like, oh, okay, LOL bet. Right. And it's like that you just gave me you don't even know what you just did, do you? Like, you don't know that you just gave me more push to get this done. okay. And then, you know, the next time someone doubts you or says you can't do something, it's always like, LOL, bet. like and to me, it's just because you when you are so confident in yourself or you know what you're capable of, it's almost comical when people doubt you or when people second guess what you're what you can get done. And it's like, all right, like, are you sure? final answer. This is really how you feel because I'm coming back. And when I come back, we're not going to be on the same vibe right now. You know what I mean? And so it's just it for me, that has been truly something that I've done throughout my whole life. And it gives me confidence since high school, as you said, right? No one starts as a freshman, AJ. LOL bet. Okay. 
Like, I hear you. I hear you. It sounds good, but we're going to see. And then, you know, you keep moving forward through life where it's whether it's college or even outside of softball, there's circumstances where it's so funny. Even now I'm getting like these opportunities that prior someone was like trying to shut down the door. But you know, what's so funny to me is when you're in certain circumstances, right. And someone is trying to keep you or gatekeep you from what it is that you want to do or achieve. If you just keep going, there is someone that is above that person, around that person, influencing that person, someone is going to take notice. And that one gatekeeper is not going to be able to stop you. It's just not going to happen. Or you get a new idea. Rejection is nothing more than redirection. You get a new idea of what it is that you want to do and how you're going to do it better. AJ, no, we don't want this. Or AJ, there's no seat for you at this table. Okay, well, then I'll go build my own table. I'll go build my own table. I don't need a seat. Thank you. And, you know, you go and you move forward. And right now, it's a lot of that's happening. So for all those people, it's like all those people that are close the door on me. It's like, buckle up, babes. I'm coming back to buy the building. So hope you're ready. And so I think that that's just the mentality you have to have. LOL bet mentality. Anytime someone tries to stop you or doubts your talent, your abilities, or tries to keep you from reaching your goals or whatever whatever it is you want to achieve, it's the LOL bet. Something you're going to make something bigger, better. You could have had me on your team to make this better, but now I'm going to go build my own. It's going to be better than yours. And then I'm actually come back and buy your your whatever, your business. You know what I mean? And that's when you have that mentality, it's, it's almost fun. Yes, you're going to have frustrating times. It's going to be a grind. But at the end of that grind, Oh, it's so rewarding. It's so rewarding. You did, but you can't think of it as you wanting to get back at those people. You have to think about it as there's just bigger and better for me. And we will come, well, my past, well, I'm sure we'll cross with those individuals again. And all you need to do is smile. At that point, nothing needs to be said. You know what I mean? It's just like a quick smile. It's like, you know, we both know. <laughs> have a good day. You know what I mean? Like, we don't, we don't even need to speak. We both know. Bye. Well, I think that's true confidence. Like what you're talking about, like the LOL bet mentality is when it can't, when it becomes comical, like you're saying, that's because you have that confidence in yourself. Like if you Mm -hmm. didn't, and if it was shaken, then maybe it's not funny. (laughs) Right. But if you get past that and realize like, no, I am awesome. I am amazing. I will do all these things. Then yeah, it is, it is funny, you know? And it's like, I love that you said, so what mentality in the beginning, I like LOL bet better. But we used to say that all the time in college. And we, we would talk about it in terms of like the game, like, oh, two outs. So what? Like, we'll, we're still going to get a hit in this situation. Oh, like it's raining. So what? Like, we're still going to make good throws, even if the ball's wet, like all that sort of thing. But the so what mentality is something that I've started to take in my life. But I like LOL bet better. But it's kind of like yeah. it, it, it reminded me of that exact thing. But LOL bet is a little bit more. I don't know. It's a little more. It just like fires you up. You know what I mean? It fires you up. Just like, I mean, if you're an athlete in softball, right? And like, let's say they're put up against the number one team in the country and no one thinks you're going to win. It's kind of like, LOL bet. Like, you don't even know how bad we want to win now. Like, we wanted to win before, but now, oh, it's a different feeling, right? It's a different feeling when you set out and you know you're about to prove people wrong and you're ready and you're excited for it. My biggest example for that would be Arizona basketball, women's basketball, right? They left them out of the promo. They forgot about them, all these different things. And 
the coach at the end, you know, where she's caught saying, F everybody, right? This is what we're going to do. It's a LOL bet mentality. We don't care how, what people think, what people say. We know who we are, and that's how we're going to get this thing done. And to your point, confidence, right? It, confidence comes with – it's something you build. I don't believe confidence is something people just have, right? You have to work to ha- get it, and you have to work to keep it. And the work to keep that confidence is to every single day – noticing your small progress. When you are thinking about your goals, think big. But when you think progress, think small. Every single day, you have to notice and recognize your progress because that's when you feel confident. It's like, ooh, I did I did this today. That's when you feel good, right? But when you, that's what I said earlier, right? Thinking about how far you've come, not how far you still have to go. Think about, dang, yesterday, I got this done. It may not be a lot, but I got it done. Like, and you feel good about yourself. Just like if you, day you, like, you don't feel well, and you get up, it's like, y'all, I freaking cleaned my house today, right? That's it. I mean, like, who cares, right? But that's a big, small win for you. Huge. Celebrate that. And that's how confidence grows. That's how it goes with grows with anything. When you're going out and talking about your appearance, right? If your eyebrows aren't working, but your hair is fleeky, talk about your hair, right? That's the confidence that you build every single day, focusing on the good. And um, that's when you get that LOL bet mentality, when you know the work you've put in. You know how far you still have to go, but you know, more importantly, what you've already done. I'm a huge believer in celebrating all wins. So I am all about that. I did not do that much in my life until maybe like recent years, probably after I played too, not even when I was an athlete. It is a game changer. Like oh, you yeah. have to, like you said, it's like, otherwise, like you're just miserable like why would you want to do that you know it's like I huge believer love it and I would throw cleaning my house in that category too like I do celebrate when I do that if I fold my laundry the same day that I actually washed it huge win oh my god if I can clean my living room and my bedroom at the same day like I'm really doing things and I tell myself I'm like AJ we are really like getting our life together today by cleaning both the bedroom and the living room. You know what I mean? And like people's like, for my mom, when mom heard me say that, she's like, Angela, you like, that should be something you do. My like, mom, I'm sorry, but like, I'm really happy right now because this was not, this was not on the plan. Actually, I'm doing more, more, more than I had anticipated. So I'm proud of myself. <laughs> yes, I know. I of all the things you've accomplished. We're talking, now we're talking about cleaning being something that <laughs> Super proud hey, of it. Like but whatever. Vegas, it's like the wipe on, wipe off, right? You gotta you gotta do those small things. It's important. Well just it I don't is. even know if that's super important applies to this at all, but it sounded good. Wipe on, wipe off with the clean. I think so. I, hey, I bought it. Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's perfect. Well, okay. Moving back to softball, away from domestic things and back to softball. I would just ask you, like, there's so many ways you could answer this, I'm sure. But what if you had to summarize, like, what is the biggest thing that softball has given you? And what is the biggest thing you hope to give to softball? I would say the biggest thing softball has given me is a platform to change lives and a perspective on failure, for sure. So I would say first, I'm talking about the perspective on failure. You know, for me, for a lot of anything, I think a lot of times we think failure is the opposite of success. And really through softball, I've learned that failure is truly a part of success. And that failure is really 
only the first attempt in learning to fail, right? Or a more intelligent way to begin again. And without having first failed, whether it was a ball that I feel like I could have caught that I missed or going up to bat and just missing a pitch or striking out, I've learned through all of my failures how to never let that happen again, how to get better, right? How to succeed through those failures, how to not allow that failure to completely put me down, how to make a mentality of failure is really just an opportunity for me to come out with a bang, almost have a rubber band mentality. The failure, you think of a rubber band, right? You pull a rubber band really far back. The only way for it to go far is to pull it back. And then you let it go and you soar. For me, each failure was just like me getting pulled back. I'm a rubber band, getting pulled back, getting pulled back. I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning. Then as soon as I'm ready and I let go, I am taking off, soaring past any and everything that ever doubted, that I ever doubted, that anyone else ever doubted. And that wouldn't happen unless I failed. That wouldn't happen unless I learned from those failures. And this applies to softball and outside of softball. My mentality on life has been completely altered because of my experience with failure and what I've learned from failure through the sport of softball. And then when I think to softball giving me a platform to change lives, I do believe, you know, we all have a purpose in this life, in every life. And, you know, I don't believe any of our purposes are to play a sport. I think we find our purpose sometimes through the sport, right? Or we are able to dive into our purpose because of the sport, whether it is wanting to motivate, encourage, X, Y, Z. But I don't think anyone's purpose is to be a great athlete. We're all a lot more deeper than that. And so for me, I think softball has given me a platform, an opportunity to dive into my purpose, which I feel is uplifting and giving confidence or breathing confidence into so many young women in sport and outside of sport, especially particularly women of color. And to know that they belong and to know that they are valuable, they are important, and that they can break as many barriers as they ever want to. I think it's, I want so many young women to feel limitless. And I feel like softball has been able to give me that platform to be able to, to be limitless, to show that you can be limitless, and then to make sure other young girls know that they can as well, especially women of color. And in the moments when people doubt you or feel like, make try to make you feel like you're not good enough, um, I hope I'm an example of limitless possibilities of what good enough actually even means. And so, yeah, and I hope that that's, I mean, that kind of sums up what I hope I give back to the sport of softball. I think that that is my true purpose in this life. And that is what I'm going to continue to do. <laughs> well, as a member of the softball community, I mean, I can just say you have already started and have been doing that. So I'm excited for everything that's to come. But before we wrap, I did want to give a plug too for your Barrier Breaking Women podcast, your podcast. And it does what you just said. I mean, what your purpose is, what you want to give back to the game, that's what it does, shining a light on all of those stories. So I do want to make that plug for everyone listening because I think it's awesome. Yeah, check out Barrier Breaking Women, the podcast where I'm talking to Black, Brown, Indigenous, just women of color or women of marginalized groups who are in sport, breaking barriers. It's all sport, so literally anything you can think about. And all these women that have gone through adversity have overcome it and are now breaking those barriers so that so many young women can do the same. Check it out. Amazing. Love it. Well, to wrap, 
I play a little game with everyone that comes on the show called Safer Out. And basically, if you like something or you agree with it, you will call it safe. If you don't like something or you don't agree with it, then you'll call it out. Does that make sense? Sure. I'm more of like a doer than a hearer, so we'll just like pick it up as we go if I'm doing it wrong. No, you're fine. <laughs> it's honestly no big deal. Like some people get nervous and it's like, dude, it's a fun game. It's no big deal. But anyway, okay. So the first one is thirst traps, safer out. Yeah, do it. Safe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know we talked about Instagram earlier too, like posting pictures of yourself and being proud, right? And so like, like for whatever. whatever, like make him or her wish, you know, make them regret. I love that. Or, or make them slide in the DMs, right? I do it. Do what you got to do, sis. <laughs> I am not mad at you. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. All right. So that's the first one. The second one is the infield fly roll. Safer out. Um, I don't care too much for it. No, I'm, I'm, very, I'm actually indifferent, but I just – I'm probably out. Yeah. I mean, honestly, this is a selfish one that I included because I don't like it. For me, it's like make them have to make the play. Like I, it's yeah. kind of like what you're saying earlier. Like don't just stick people in the outfield just because they can catch pop flies, right? And it's like whenever there's an assumption that something's automatic, I just I don't like it. I thought they put that in play because of like if there's, I don't know, for the specific reason of if like let's say they pretended they were to drop it to get that runner out. Yeah, I think they did. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. I just don't like automatic yeah. outs, but. You're right. Okay, that was a weird one. Whatever. <laughs> but the last one is bat flips. Safer out. Oh, safe. Do it. Freaking do it. Do it all day. I live for the bat flip. I live for that type of energy. Like, oh, I love it. It makes the game – one, it's exciting. Two, you deserve it. You freaking bombed it. Why not? It's hard to hit home runs. Do it. So I live for it. I know there's people that say no, but – whatever I don't I don't know why why not I love it I love it I think there's just all these unwritten rules in sport that are just to me they're dumb like let people live (laughs) let people have fun let people express themselves how they want like if I want to make a diving catch and do a bat I'm I'm hurting or else I would and do a backflip afterwards so what like I got you out I ruined your day I'm happy about it next you know what I mean like they freaking bomb yeah the pitcher's pissed the defense is probably pissed but Okay, don't throw it there next time. I don't know what to tell you. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, so I'm I, very, very pro bat flip, expressing yourself, doing what makes you happy after you achieve something. Safe. Hey, makes sense. But here's the thing. What's the equivalent for a bat flip in the outfield? Like, next time you make a diving play, is there a glove flip? Like, what are we doing? You know, it's just hard because I feel like there's – after, like, you make a diving catch – Unless it's like the if there's two outs, you kind of just like everyone just moves on, you know what I mean? Because like next batter, you got to keep going. Like after you, you have you pimp a home run, we got to wait for you to go all around the bases. Like you have all the time in the world to do whatever it is you want to do. So yeah, it's a little difficult, but I would say, I don't know. Yeah, do might as well do a, bat, a glove flip, start that, and just like pimp it. But it'd have to be quick because you'd have to get back to like your position pretty quick. That's true. But hey, yes, that's a good idea. <laughs> that's true because if the inning's not over, you have to get back on defense. But even if the inning is over, 
you have to run back to the dugout and get ready to hit. Go back inside. Yeah. So you have a very short time to do it, but but you can still do it. Yeah. Well, we'll figure this out. We'll find a way. But there's right. plenty of those in your future if you choose to do that. So I'm excited to see that. Yeah, I need to, I need to start. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, this was awesome. I really enjoyed it. So many one-liners, nuggets of truth, just all the things that I'm absorbing and loving. So I know everyone listening and watching will too. So thank you. Of course. Thank you for having me. It was fun. I mean, just awesome. (laughs) The amount of one-liners and like truth bombs that AJ dropped was pretty epic. And I just think it's the energy that we need. I know I needed it, to be honest. And she walks the walk on top of it. That's the part that's inspiring to me. I just, I loved it. So with that, let's transition to the foul tip of the week. This week's foul tip is about problem solving. Man, we know that there are plenty of real problems that we face in life. Health, financial stress, loss. These are all very real things. And life seems to know how to deal them out. And then there are the problems that we heap upon ourselves. We stress about something, but maybe it's not really something that we can control, or it's not something that even truly affects us at the end of the day. You know, AJ talked about how she only focuses on the three Ps, peace, prosperity, and paper. (laughs) And really, I mean, I love it. And what she's getting at at the core is to only focus on the things that matter. And we can control that. So a big part of that is not trying to solve other people's problems, but focusing on your own. Now, I've been to therapy sessions in the past, and I I recommend it for anyone, by the way. But one of the biggest things that I learned that has stuck with me is when I'm stressed and sort of spinning, to ask myself this question, who owns the problem? If it's not me, then it's not for me. If someone is jealous of your success on the field, Who owns that problem? They do. It's something that they need to work out in themselves, and it's not a weight that you need to carry. Or on the other side of the spectrum, for example, in college, each of us players were assigned to clean up some part of the field after practice, whether it was rake the dirt at your infield position, put the bases away in the shed, that sort of thing. If you see someone hasn't done their job, who owns the problem? They still do. Sometimes we help out our teammates, absolutely. But And if they ask you before to cover for them because they have to leave for class or they're gone because they're sick, that's one thing. Totally get it. But otherwise, teammates help each other get better by holding each other accountable. You could speak up in that moment and say, hey, Kayla, don't forget to put the bases away, right? But just doing it for her, just going ahead and putting the bases away, doesn't do her or you any good. Accountability means helping each other do what you each are supposed to do. But the one who actually does it is the one who owns the problem. And that's what makes everyone better anyway. There's growth in doing things yourself. All you can do is be true to you and control what you can control. Yes, you stay open-minded. And yes, you offer to help others if you can. I'm not saying not to do those things. What I am saying is that life is not about pleasing or bending to other people at the expense of yourself. So when problems arise, ask yourself whose responsibility it is to solve it. Recognizing this and acting or maybe not acting in that moment accordingly can change your life for the better. It it has for me. So that's it. 
Who owns the problem? That's the foul tip of the week. You've been listening to Believe in Softball presented by Bet Online. The show is available anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, and wherever else you listen, including Believe.com. You can also watch the videos on YouTube. Honestly, you're missing out if you're not. Hit that subscribe button, rate the show, write a review, share it with your friends. And then, of course, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Believe in Softball. Again, B L E A V. You can always reach out to me on Twitter at JennaBacera01 and Instagram at JennaBacera as well. Thanks for tuning in and catch you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.